This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. It was hard, there's no doubt, being taken into captivity again. It seems like every time they got their act together, it wasn't long before it fell apart again. But this time it was the tribe of Judah. Daniel reports that the Lord gave the king of Judah into the hands of their enemies. This wasn't the first time and it wouldn't be the last. But in this account, there was something different. The account wasn't about a battle. There actually wasn't a lot of bloodshed or a miracle using the jawbone of a donkey or a march or a great military leader. This battle was one with a walk, not swords, not military might, just a walk. Well, two walks, two very important walks. The first chapter of Daniel provides insight to the providence of God and a closer look at Romans 8.28, but we'll get there in a minute. Daniel chapter 1 explains the account of how Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but you may be more familiar with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they came into their capture, or their captor, the king's service. You see, they were taken from their parents, their friends, and made to serve a man who most likely, in the taking of their people as slaves, killed many of their family, or people they knew in the battle. It sounds pretty scary, right? It sounds like a pretty rough childhood. But it just gets worse. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had proven themselves to be wise and good leaders. God blessed them. They basically ruled Babylon for the king. Sounds great, right? But no, this is not the Romans 8.28 part. But the king that they served was not that emotionally or mentally stable. One made a golden statue of himself and called all of his administrators, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, together and made the decree that to you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image of the king. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a fiery, burning furnace. Ouch! What's a God-fearing person to do? Or a God-fearing leader of a pagan-worshipping king? That sounds like a tough question, right? They're in a bind, right? They had heard the decree. They had been there. They knew what would happen. So the music played. And what do they do? They have a choice. But just like any good God-fearing person who has purposed in his heart to serve the Lord, chapter 1, verse 8, it really isn't that tough, is it? Not really. The choice was a pretty easy one. And so they made the choice. The choice to take a walk. Chapter 3, verse 13 said that when the king found out, he was in a rage and fury and gave the command to bring them to him so he could explain the situation again as if they didn't hear it right the first time. He said to them, verse 14, It is true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Well, you know that he knew the answer. He just wanted to hear them say it. He reminded them of the penalty, cast immediately into the fiery furnace. But he asked them a very important question in verse 15. 
Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? But it's their answer that captivates me. It isn't the threat. It isn't the promise of the furnace. It isn't the tension of the situation. It's their response. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Seriously, they said that to the king. Then they continued, If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to serve us, to deliver us from the furnace and from your hand. And they had served their God well with the refusal of food that would defile their bodies years before, and he had saved them. And the God who had provided the interpretation of the dream years before that had saved them. They knew their God could save them. But notice the next statement. But if not, stop. If not, really? Did they doubt? Really? No. No, they didn't doubt. They knew that it didn't matter if he didn't. They knew it didn't matter if he didn't save them. Because it wouldn't change their choice. They said, let it be known to you that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set before us. In other words, we choose to take a walk. But they weren't alone, if you think about it. Lots of God's people have made the choice to walk. Daniel chose to walk to the lion's den for the same reasons in chapter 6. David chose to walk and prostrate himself before his God and beg forgiveness for his sins. Then, when his child died anyway, he chose to get up and walk immediately to worship his God. John the baptizer chose to walk up to the king and tell him the truth, and he was beheaded. And Jesus, Jesus our Savior, begged his father to let the cup pass, and when it didn't, he chose to walk and carry his cross. You know, I've never been taken a slave, been faced with being torn limb from limb as my brethren centuries ago. I have never grieved over the death of my child taken for my sins or even stood up for the truth of God and confronted someone in their sin, knowing that I would die for it. I've had a relatively easy life. I have had hardships and struggles. I've stood and walked with God. And I'm ashamed to admit and say that there have been times when I walk the other way, away from God. But I've realized that my spirituality is not about who my parents are or where we come from. It's not about what others do or do not do to threaten or discourage us or if they create obstacles to block our path or make us stumble. It's not even important if he will save me and protect me if my life is threatened. It's really not about any of that because it's really not about me or even my life. But this one thing I know is true. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Not mine, His purpose. I just have to be willing to take a walk 
a long walk or a short one, into a lion's den, a room where the Lord's truth is not welcome, and into the Lord's worship, when I am in pain and dealing with the consequences of my sin. You see, I just have to be willing to take a walk, even into the mouth of a fiery furnace. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.